Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. How many people this morning leave churches throughout our world? Their marriage is hurting. They may be to the top of the scale at their business, but it's empty. There's no fulfillment. There's no joy. They are addicted to something. You can have the range from the most successful to those that are cast out and they're looking for answers to life. They walk into a church. The Word of God isn't taught. People are teaching on politics. They're not talking about the Word of God. There is no power. Nobody's been praying. And they come and they go and they leave the church and they go, well, that's not the answer. When you think back to when you were little, you probably remember a time where everything felt possible. You imagined yourself as a superhero, a king, a queen, a hero. As you grew, that grandiosity faded and you began to recognize yourself as an ordinary person. But God doesn't see believers that way. As Christians, we possess unlimited potential to help save lives. As disciples of the Word, our lives are a testimony to a lost world. The gospel message delivered through us can alter the course of a person's life forever. See, you did become a superhero after all. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 26, for part two of our message entitled, Nice Leaves But No Fruit. People's lives are going to be changed. That's the New Testament church. If you want to read about it, you read about it in the book of Acts, and you see it all the way through the book of Acts, and that's who we are today. So turn, if you will, to the book of Acts, chapter 8. One individual produced fruit in this New Testament church when the nation of Israel, as a religious system as a whole, failed. God uses ordinary people to be fruitful. God uses ordinary people to be fruitful. Look at chapter 8, the book of Acts, verse 26. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Let me bring you up to speed who Philip is. As the new church got started in the book of Acts, after the day of Pentecost, Peter preached his wonderful sermon, 3,000 people became saved. Somewhere in there, Philip, who's just a Jewish guy, accepts Jesus Christ. He accepts the Lord. The church is absolutely booming in Jerusalem. It's booming so much. It's growing so fast. They're just meeting every day in small groups. Philip came and all of a sudden in chapter 6, the church is divided. Some people aren't getting fed. This isn't happening here. And the disciples go, oh man, what are we going to do about this thing? And so God said to them, choose out some men. And make sure, number one, that they have a good reputation outside the church. Is that important as a Christian? You betcha. See, if you have a lousy reputation outside the church, you don't pay your bills, you beat your wife, you do all the crazy things or whatever, and you come here and, oh, praise God, whatever, you're a hypocrite. And you're causing damage to the kingdom of God. So it says make sure they do that. Number two, that they're wise. And number three, most important, that they're filled with the Spirit of God. So Philip is one of those chosen. 
And what does Philip do with all these great qualifications? He sets up tables. He's a janitor. He's a table setter. And that's the way he begins his ministry. So that the apostles can go back to study the word and prayer. And it says then the churches continue to boom. I'm glad for all of you guys that set up tables. That helps me because I can't be out all the time doing all that because I need to be studying the Word of God and praying. And so are the elders as we do that. Thanks for your help. That's what happened. So Philip's just an ordinary nobody, a no-name, setting up tables, but God's beginning to use him. The next picture we see, all of a sudden he gets to Samaria. And he's in Samaria. This table setter all of a sudden begins to share the good news one-on-one. A revival breaks out. People are coming around him like crazy. All of a sudden, demons are coming out of people. People are getting healed. The town magician gets saved. And all of a sudden, Peter goes, me? A nobody? So what we find there is all of a sudden, in this middle of this great revival, this no-name table setter is being used mightily. In the verse we just read, God comes to Philip through the Spirit and says, Philip, we're changing locations. I'm taking you to Gaza. Now, if things are going good, you just imagine this morning if it was like this. This afternoon, God spoke to my heart and says, you're not coming back to this church. You're going out in another place. And off I go. Man, I'd be kicking and fighting. And what do you mean I can't go back to that? I love this place. This is a great place to come on Sunday. I like the traffic jams and I like all the people. This is great. I got a better place for you. So Philip went. But see, he knew that God knew the future, but he didn't. There was no, we don't see any complaining from him. And what I want you to see this morning is this. If you're going to be a Christian and you're going to be fruitful, there's four things in our passage this morning you have to be. Number one, you have to be obedient. Number two, you have to be bold. Number three, you have to care for the lost. Do you care? Do you care this morning that your relatives don't know Jesus Christ? Number four, you have to know Jesus. You have to know something about the word of God. If you're going to be a fruitful Christian, obviously. So back in verse 27, we see what Philip does. He gets his call to leave this great revival and to go out into an empty desert. And verse 27 says, so he started out. As Christians, I would like to know when God calls me what the end result is, don't you? If we're going to start this church, what's it going to be like? Where are we going to be? Where's the building going to be? Will it be anybody that shows up? How's it going to be? I'd like to know all those things. God said, just go. So we started. We didn't know if anybody would show the first week. In fact, a week before we opened the church, our location was closed where we were going to open it. We opened it up in the Hilton. Not a bad place to open, eh? Hilton Ballroom, man. We were, it was great. We didn't know what God was going to do. Look what he's done. See, you have to be obedient. When God says go, he usually, in fact, very rarely tells you the outcome. He just wants to know that you're obedient. So this is what Philip does. He goes and on his way, he meets an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasure of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And this man had gone to Jerusalem to do what? To worship. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. So here we have this man of great intelligence, tremendous authority. He isn't writing by himself. He'll have this whole group of people because he's very rich. He's kind of like this probably cabinet member uh, from Ethiopia. He's a black man. He's Gentile. He's full of responsibility, but he's doing one thing. He's searching for the truth. He's looking for God. He's empty, and he's trying to find God. The next part about 
an unbeliever is that religion will leave you empty. When this Ethiopian, and by the way, there's very few people that could do what he did because he left this area, went by this great group of people, traveled all the way to Jerusalem. He had enough money to do that. When he got there, notice what happens. When he finds Jerusalem, he goes into Jerusalem, he finds a nice green tree, but no fruit. He finds a dead religion when he got there. There's no fulfillment. He finds this system of sacrifices and rules and regulations, but no freedom. He finds lots of form, lots of nice buildings, but no power. He finds no joy. How many people leave our churches this morning with no joy? And he comes and he leaves, and you need to see this, he leaves Jerusalem empty. He had gone to Jerusalem, this form of religion, to find the answers to life. But he leaves it just exactly the way he came. How many people this morning leave churches throughout our world? Their marriage is hurting. They may be to the top of the scale at their business, but it's empty. There's no fulfillment. There's no joy. They are addicted to something. You can have the range from the most successful to those that are cast out, and they're looking for answers to life. They walk into a church. The Word of God isn't taught. People are teaching on politics. They're not talking about the Word of God. There is no power. Nobody's been praying. And they come, and they go, and they leave the church, and they go, well, that's not the answer. That's true, because religion will always leave you empty. See, religion is trying for man to be right with God. You will never be right with God. That's why Jesus Christ had to come to die on the cross for you. And the only way you'll ever be right with God is to meet Jesus Christ. Well, how is this man going to meet Jesus Christ? I think you see something this morning very interesting. Look at verse 29. And the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, would you think that calls for a little boldness? You're out in the desert. Nobody's there. Philip's out there. And initially, we don't know how long Philip was there before this group of people came with this this wonderful caravan of people. But he's out there alone. You ever feel when God tells you to do something, you go out there and nothing's happening? You say, well, I must not have heard God. Well, you just have to be patient because his timing is always a little different. All of a sudden, he sees this smoke and here come some people. And the Spirit then says, run up to the... uh, Chariot and see what's happening. So it took some boldness. It took boldness. Well, what does he do? Verse 30. The scripture says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot. He did what? Here's boldness. Okay, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'll I'll do that. Is that boldness? No, that's not boldness. That's being rebellious, isn't it? He ran up because why? He was excited. I think it's interesting when you look at this because this says something very important to me. God has taken Philip from a huge revival of hundreds, possibly thousands of people, and he takes him to leave that for how many individuals? How important is that to you this morning? That God cares about one single... Do you know that's how the world is one? One soul at a time. That's how the kingdom is one. So... Philip's out there, and he know. I'm sure this old this verse came to him as he begins to talk to this Ethiopian eunuch. Those that seek me with all their heart will find God. 
So this guy's really seeking. I mean, he's a seeker. He'd, he'd fit into the seeker services some of the churches have today. He'd fit because he's looking. So Philip runs up to this guy. He's compassionate. He cares for them. And as you do this, it says, Philip ran up to the chariot and heard a man reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he says to him, do you understand what you're reading? What does that show? That shows care for the lost. He said, do, do you really understand what you see here? Does it make sense to you? And look at the response from the seeker. Well, how can I? Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is a good point in witnessing. By the way, is God opening a door here? Oh, God's opening a door. But notice it's one step at a time. God didn't say to Philip, go run up to the chariot, climb in, sit next to the guy and start witnessing to him. He just said, run up to the chariot. See, it's in steps. And then who invited him in? The man did, because he's still searching. See, you can't push Jesus Christ on somebody who's not ready to receive. In fact, you'll do more harm than good. But when you go and you obey God, and that's why people will call me from time to time and ask me to go visit a certain person in the hospital or whatever, and I say, well, have they asked for a pastor to come? Well, no, but I just want you to come. We don't go. Why? Because the last thing I want to do is go into a place where a person's sick and they feel obligated now to talk to me. I want them to come and say, I would like a pastor to come. Then I'm ready to go. Do you understand the difference? So this man says, I'm hungry. I'm searching. Come and say something to me. This week, somebody called me at home and said, this person may be calling you. I've been sharing with somebody at work. They're a Jehovah Witness. They know it's a cult. They've been raised in it all their life. They have lots of children, but they're searching for God. They don't know the true thing, and they got questions. Can she call you? I said, right on. Good job. Terrific. That's what we're supposed to be doing, right? So we'll see what happens. Verse 32, the eunuch was reading this passage of Scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb before the shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. This was found in the book of Isaiah. Now, how did this man get the book of Isaiah? Well, he didn't go to Amazon Khan in order it direct. He didn't go to Barnes and Nobles because there were no printing presses. This book of Isaiah was handwritten. He was rich enough to buy it, so we know he was very wealthy. So he has this Bible, and he doesn't understand what it is. And look in verse 34, he says, The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? He didn't know. How many people today sit in our churches and they want to know things about the Word of God, but the Word of God is never taught. You're shouted at. You're preached at. And they don't know anything about the Word of God because they're never taught the Word of God. That's why we try to teach you, verse by verse, the Word of God. So you can say, well, I didn't know that this applied. I didn't know the fig tree was a, to the nation of Israel. What does it have to do with me? What does it have to do with you? It has a lot to do with you. You ever hear the tribulation? All the things that are coming? My friend, this world is coming to a close. The prophecy that you don't know anything about is being fulfilled at this moment. Can I tell you the date? No, because the scripture doesn't tell us the date. But we can know the things of God. So he says to Philip, tell me what this verse means. Look at verse 35. And Philip said, I don't have a clue. Let me get back with you. I really don't know anything about Jesus. I'm a Christian, but I've never studied the Bible. What if he'd have said that? The Ethiopian would have been, oy vey, or whatever. I mean, he would have said, what's happening here? But Philip did what? It says here that Philip began with that very passage 
and then told him about the good news of Jesus. Only Jesus can bring fulfillment. Interestingly enough, Philip knew about this passage. It's a passage in Isaiah that speaks about the coming Messiah. So, listen to this. Obviously, when the eunuch had been in Jerusalem, no one told him about Jesus Christ. All he heard about was religion. You see, and if you're in a church, and you've been going to a church, and all you hear about is their religion, their membership, their money, their forms, their buildings, or whatever, and you don't hear about Jesus, you don't hear about the gospel, you don't hear what it means to be called forward and accept Jesus Christ, you better think about finding a church that does. For only Jesus can change your life. This church cannot change your life. Only Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Notice Philip didn't get up there and share with them about Calvary Chapel or about some building in Samaria or the validity of the Bible. Look where he always ends. Philip ends always with what kind of news? Good news. Some people wonder why we quite often give altar calls. Here's why. Because people need to hear good news. The worst thing I can think for a pastor is this. We get to heaven, and I stand there, and I don't see you there. And you've been coming to this church. And you come by and you say to me, I'm not going to heaven, Pastor Mark, because in your church, you never presented the gospel. You never told me that being baptized as a Catholic or a Baptist or a Calvary Chapel person as a baby, by the way, we don't baptize babies. That didn't make me a Christian. Nobody ever told me that being a member of Church X didn't make me. I, I took communion. You didn't tell me. Pastor Mark, why didn't you give me an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ? With all the power that God gives me, you'll never be in this church. You're going to hear altar call after altar call after altar call. That's the way that gets you from the bad news to the good news. Now, if some of you are bored with altar calls, you need to get right with God. Especially if you're a Christian. You say, well, is this church going to continue to give them? You betcha. Because that's what this young man did. He said to Ethiopian, now that's a nice passage in Isaiah. It speaks about the Messiah historically. But let me tell you, the Messiah lives in my life. Would you like to accept him? Well, let's see what happens. Let's read on. Verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? So not only did Philip talk to this Ethiopian eunuch about salvation, but he probably said to him, now when you get back to Ethiopia, the first opportunity you get, make sure you find a pond somewhere and get yourself baptized because that says to the people around you, I've taken a bold step for Jesus Christ. He's changed my life. Now how they found water in the desert, I have no idea. But it's there. And so this guy says, why should I wait? Let's do it right now. Notice this Ethiopian, you can imagine these trails of people. And he says, stop, I'm getting out. He goes down with Philip and gets baptized. Is that bold as a new believer or what? Yes, it is. And I'm going to tell you, if you're going to accept Jesus Christ, you're not going to be bashful about it. You won't be brazen and blow people over, but you'll not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 37, and he gave orders to stop the chariot, and Philip and the eunuch went down in the water, and Philip baptized him. Verse 39 is their last point, and it says this, following Jesus brings a lifestyle of joy. Following Jesus brings a lifestyle of joy. And when they came up out of the water, verse 39, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. And it says, verse 40, 
Philip, however, appeared at Azotos and traveled about preaching the gospel in the towns until he reached Caesarea. How do you think Philip felt that day at the end of that day? You think that, you know, this Christian life is pretty boring. Not much happening here. Do you think he was mad at God for taking him away from the great revival? I mean, the Spirit just took him up and moved him to the next location. That's a great ride, isn't it? Now, when you're used from God and you see a person who is lost and you're in the desert, picture this guy. I want you to see this this morning. This guy's in the desert. He doesn't know anybody's coming. He wonders why he's out there. Did I really hear God? And all of a sudden, he leads this Ethiopian to Jesus Christ. The person gets saved. And by the way, the reason that person got saved, he goes back to Ethiopia. And we know now that the church formed in Ethiopia from this one man getting saved. Did God know what he's doing? You got it. So Philip has, a, has what? He has some stakes in the Ethiopian church. Why? Because he obeyed God, was bold, knew the word of God, and cared for the lost. Let me ask you, when's the last time as a Christian you shared the gospel? Oh, oh not me. Wait a minute. But see, Jesus Christ serving him is the most exciting thing in all your life. Close your Bibles. Let me give you a couple more points as we leave. Here's what I want to ask you. Philip had nice leaves. But he had lots of fruit. He had the character of God, and he had souls. Let me ask you this morning, and this is for Christians initially. Don't look at your wife. Don't look at your husband. Just say this. If you look at your life, what do you see? Is there any fruit? Or do you have nice leaves? Nice dress, your tie, blouse, nice Bible, got your own. Is there any fruit? When is the last time? You shared with somebody at work. Now, it's not important whether they come to the Lord or not. Because you and I can't bring people to the Lord. When we give altar calls, I never know if anybody's going to come or a hundred are going to come. That's up to God, not me. You won't hear me giving crying stories and whatever. It's got to be God touching people's heart. Otherwise, it's not fruit that lasts. There's a lot of fruit that comes, but it doesn't last. That's because man's manipulated. We can't manipulate anything. Power of God will change your life. And when you're hungry and empty and guilty and you want Jesus Christ, you'll step forward. This guy was, man, this guy was hungry for God. When's the last time you shared? You can't do it except one way, through total dependence on the Spirit of God. So I prayed again this morning, God, when I step in this pulpit, it's got to be your power that changes people's lives. We are not playing games here. The person you're sitting next to will spend eternity somewhere. And the band sang a wonderful song this morning. It was said, His kingdom will never end. What a great time we're going to have. But the world doesn't know it. Notice in that verse it said that the young man, Philip went back, and the Ethiopian went on his way doing what? Rejoicing. Christian, do you have any joy in your heart? You see, this young man on the chariot, this Ethiopian eunuch, he left rejoicing. You have an option this morning. In a moment, few moments, we're walking out those doors. Now you can walk out with joy, with the peace of God, knowing that no matter your background, no matter how many churches you belong to, or if you've never stepped into church before, no matter how many religious things you've done which will bring you nothing, you can step out with total peace, like the Ethiopian eunuch, because you've accepted Jesus Christ. In today's message, we heard through the story of Philip how God uses ordinary people to be fruitful and share the good news. Philip had no credentials for ministry, but he was bold, obedient, cared for the lost, and knew Jesus. Everything he needed to bring the truth to a man seeking it. 
Philip recognized that the man had only seen religion, but knew that only Jesus could bring fulfillment and a life of joy. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark examines the power of prayer. When Jesus is at the temple, he'll find it overrun with people out to make money. We'll see him make an enemy of the priests and teachers when he points out that the written law states that God's house should be a house of prayer for all nations. Pastor Mark will provide help for those who are seeking to enrich their prayer lives and draw nearer to God. That's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.